so will you see me on the next Friday Night Rewind? <laughs> Tune in next week, 8, 7 Central. <laughs> and that's your Friday Night Rewind. <laughs> Hi, Corey. <laughs> that was weird. Hang on. What? I got a notification what? to leave the meeting because you were recording. It's trying to kick you out. <laughs> no, I think it says that I shouldn't be recorded today. Maybe it's afraid of what I'm going to say. We're all afraid of what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm never saying anything bad. Cue the cue a clip. I don't know. Cue some sort of compilation of all the things questionable you've said in this time of our times together here. I now fully expect you to actually make that compilation. I hope you know what you signed yourself up for. This is a message from Editing Drew. And while I do not have a compilation of Corey's greatest hits of cringy things she's said on this podcast, I do bring you a message from your favorite hosts. Okay, so for our viewers, our friends at home, my mother. <laughs> so we have, we record through Zoom. And we actually have to do multiple Zoom calls because there's a time set on how many you can have when you don't pay for Zoom or how many minutes you can have on Zoom before you have to pay for it. And we have to hit record every single time. And we had some issues downloading an entire Zoom call. So we lost some footage. Have a fun little time in the comments below. Let us know if you can figure out where we accidentally forgot to hit start recording. <laughs> <laughs> and see if you can guess which part is not the original. And with that, may the odds be ever in your favor. Now back to your regularly scheduled Friday Night Rewind. Skadoosh. I'm going to see. There's too much. There's too much stuff for me to go through. We'll see. Oh. We'll see what comes oh. together. See, it It'll would be perfect <laughs> for TikTok. If we ever want to make a TikTok and we ever, like, want to attract following, like, it'll be the iconic things that Corey Severance has said. Give us another. We'll take another season. Then it'll just be clips of your movie man crushes. That'll be a whole it. other no. year. You want me to? I can make you a list right now. <laughs> That's not necessary. That is not necessary. <laughs> Do you want to start this episode with our category of our hot old man? <laughs> no, save that for the end. That way they have to listen to the whole thing to get to that. Because we that's what they're really that's what our listeners are really here for, is to see what kind it's of the... wild shenanigans you come up with and to justify your crushes on a red panda. But anyway. <laughs> and that we are watching Kung Fu Panda 2 today. So, hello, my name is Corey Severance. And I'm Drew Mukes. And welcome to Friday Night Rewind. Again, today we are discussing Kung Fu Panda 2 movie is the second in the series. Technically, if you're going to watch it in chronological order, you would watch Kung Fu Panda 1. There is a holiday special called Kung Fu Panda Holiday. And then you would watch Kung Fu Panda 2. This is like the release order when I say chronological order. If you want to watch it in order of the actual storyline, you're supposed to watch Kung Fu Panda 1, Kung Fu Panda Holiday, Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness, and then Kung Fu Panda 2. I'm watching it currently in release order because I feel like that's that would have been exactly how we watched it back in the day. Yeah. So I have not watched Legends of Awesomeness yet, but I personally feel like... Um, I will watch it before we watch the third one because I'm going to watch it in release order. The um, entirety and... of the series, Core? Oh, yes. I will do my damnedest to get through it. 
Because then after that is Kung Fu Panda 3, which will be released in approximately two weeks from now. No, and that's then... four. You said three. Oh, I did? Yeah, you said three. You mean four? <laughs> Let me start over again. Let me start at the top of the list. I have the list. Oh, yeah, Kung Fu yeah. Panda 1, Kung Fu Panda Holiday, Kung Fu Panda 2, Legends of Awesomeness, Kung Fu Panda 3, The Paws of Destiny. Mm. Don't know what the hell that is. The Dragon Knight. That's that new thing on Netflix I told you where they're going to have him like lose his title as Dragon Warrior, and I just didn't think it was believable. And yeah. then Kung Fu Panda 4, which is releasing in March. Okay. Yeah, I see. But I'm watching them in that's release order. If you want to watch them in chronological order, you would need to watch them in Kung Fu Panda Holiday, Legends of Awesomeness, Kung Fu Panda 2, Kung Fu Panda 3, Paul's Destiny, Dragon Knight, Kung Fu Panda 4. There is a couple other like things you can add to this. There's a couple short films. The Secrets of the Furious Five, Secrets of the Masters, Secrets of the Scroll, and then I mentioned Panda Paws for earlier. Also, while this time period between this podcast and the release of Kung Fu Panda 3, I'm going to attempt to watch Secrets of the Furious 5 as well because that will be pertinent information. I know you mentioned in the first podcast of this series about how, like, we don't know much about the five's background. Mm -hmm. There is that short to talk about their background. You know what I mean? Yes. And I have seen all the shorts now. By accident. Really? Yeah. Okay. What do you mean by accident? Two of, the, two of them. One of them was intentionally. Well, not intentionally by accident. Two of them were intentional because I was trying to figure out the layout of the story. And the DVD set that I have to watch too comes with the shorts in prep for three. I assumed that all of them took place either before or directly after two, but that is not the case. That is the case. But I have now realized that as of last night when I was double checking, Secrets of Furious Five was first, then Secrets of the Masters, then Secret of the Scroll, but. Secret of the Scroll came out at about the same time as 3, if not like directly before 3. Because the next thing on my little special DVD set was a sneak peek of Kung Fu Panda 3. So, I did, which I didn't watch. But I have seen Secrets of the Furious 5. I've seen all 3. But I'll only discuss no information from those 3. Because that can separate all those out. Which I'm glad you said that because I think now is a good time to address really quickly that I had not seen Kung Fu Panda 2. And I thought I had. You didn't at all? No, I did not remember a single bit of this movie. Nothing about this movie was like, oh, I've seen that before. Uh, okay, interesting. That's the opposite for me. I had most definitely seen it. As soon as I started watching it, I remembered everything. And there's at least three to four key scenes that I still quote to this day. Not quote. There's one I quote to this day that I didn't realize was from this one. But then there's other two I just remembered when they were big and when I watched it originally. So I don't know what happened because I loved Kung Fu Panda. Like I was obsessed with it. And I really thought I had seen Kung Fu Panda too. But if I did, I really have no memory of it because I don't know. I remember distinctly watching Kung Fu Panda 1 and The Legends of Awesomeness. I don't think I had seen the holiday special before. I watched that in preparation for this as well. And I think I saw The Secrets of the Furious Five, but I think I have not seen anything else in the series. And I know that I was really into it, so I don't really know why 
I haven't seen anything else. I'm still really into it. I was here for it with this movie. This was a good movie. It wasn't like better than the first one necessarily, but it was good. We'll wait to the end because I have thoughts. <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead and talk about some stats here. Kung Fu Panda 2 came out in 2011. It has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 74% audience score. In one sentence, Poe is the established dragon warrior and he has to defend the valley and he gets called upon to defend all of China where he runs into a, how do I want to say this? Like a foe that is from birth, essentially. <laughs> is there like a word that just it, it like enca- encapsulates just that? That's typically arch enemy. He has a true arch enemy now, okay? And his arch enemy taunts him along the course of the entire movie and we find that said arch enemy is the reason that Poe was adopted and Poe ultimately, to spoil the ending, defeats his arch enemy. That was quite the one sentence summary there. (laughs) I know. (laughs) How about because I feel like with the way this movie is done the opening lays it out so well. Let's just play the opening. Long ago, in ancient China, the peacocks ruled over Gongmen city. They brought great joy and prosperity to the city, for they had invented fireworks. But their son, Lord Shen, saw darker power in the fireworks. What had brought color and joy could also bring darkness and destruction. Shen's troubled parents consulted a soothsayer. She foretold that if Shen continued down this dark path, he would be defeated by a warrior of black and white. The young lord set out to change his fate, but what he did next only sealed it. Shen returned to his parents full of pride, but in their faces, he saw only horror. He was banished from the city forever, but Shen swore revenge. Someday, he would return, and all of China would bow at his feet. Our movie opens, as you heard, with the backstory of the arch nemesis of Poe, okay? He commits genocide. They don't say it, but that is exactly what he did. He kills all of the pandas, at least he thinks he does, okay? Because he wanted to make sure that there was no warrior of black and white that could defeat him. And I think it's really interesting because anytime you ever actually look up a plot summary or just like what happened to Poe's parents or anything like that. It actually says genocide online, but in this entire movie, they never once call it genocide. 
And that's something similar. Even the first note I wrote down for it was it's very similar to Avatar The Last Airbender with with that, the genocide that's captured in that, which is made by Nickelodeon, which isn't necessarily DreamWorks, but they have a strong relationship. But they do it similarly, where it's a way of introducing that concept without, they don't ever fly out say it. I'm pretty sure the word the word genocide is never used in Avatar either. But it's just a good, solid, it touched on it a little bit on the first movie as well, when you said it was more on a different, on the opposite side of the spectrum, when you were talking about the good message that it was portraying in the first movie, that was really strong, that carried out for you, especially now, and like the vibes that just stuck in your head. In mm-hmm. a positive way, this would be similarly done just in the, like, not negative, but expressing the, that type of story through mm-hmm. a kid's movie. And, you know, actually, I was thinking about this in that opening. In the first movie, you know how the message was done in a way like the whole movie, we as the audience knew everything that was going to happen. But like the characters didn't know and they get told multiple times, like by trying to prevent the future, you're going to cause the future. I think it's really interesting that they're carrying that through with this one because in that that, opening, yeah, yeah, in that opening, Shin gets told like, you're going to be defeated by a warrior of black and white if you keep going down this path. And then he says, okay, I'm going to go commit genocide to all the pandas. And then it said in doing so, he sealed his fate. Mm. So I think it's very interesting that this universe, the way they like to build it, is that like every time you try to prevent something from happening, you are causing it to happen. So either just let it happen or don't do the thing you're doing. It'd be interesting to see if that carries over into the third. Because I the third, the third is one mm. I haven't seen. So I've not mm. seen that one either at all. But mm. I was interested to see if that somehow it's gonna I feel like it's gonna come up in what if there's a prophecy involved at all there's been two now and these two i don't know if they're going to do that similar thing in the third and that might be something they bring into the fourth too Mm. depending on how they introduce this concept of poe having to pass the title down like it might be foretold that he's going to pass it down and then i don't know it may play into that too i don't know it'll be interesting to see i didn't think about that connection but you're right you're very correct in that yeah i love that the style of the way this is done, the way the first movie when you Google, because I actually looked up about like the styling of the movie because I didn't think anything of it, honestly. I thought it was just creative. But apparently the first movie is styled as a combination between Eastern and Western movies to help pull in some of that influence from Asia and the way that they make their movies. I wonder, because it is similar in the style, if this is the same way. And like this is part of like the storytelling that I'm talking about that I like. That's not something I normally see in American movies. I wonder if that's something they pulled from Asia. I'm well, not sure. It's very like it plays into the tone, but it's very legendy. It feels like a legend that like in folklore legend, the villain's an idiot because they cause their own fate. And that's like mm-hmm. see the, le- the lessons that they have that you're trying to teach. It comes through the similar like a similar way. I can see it being a mix of that. So as soon as that little backstory ends, we open with Shen in his like, I don't want to call it a warehouse, but like his place of building these cannons. Okay. I guess it's a warehouse. His production warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't feel like it's a warehouse. But anyways, he's building cannons. You're just saying right? that because you're, you've worked in warehouses. You're, <laughs> that's the only reason you're saying that. Yeah. It doesn't look like where I work. <laughs> so he's yelling at wolves i don't know how i wondered the whole entire movie and they never tell us why 
or how he convinced the wolves to work with him. But well, actually, I have a little bit of did you okay? I have a little bit of extra knowledge on that. Did you? Oh, yeah, no. Did you know, or do you have any discussion or research on the deleted scenes of this movie? No, I didn't know there was. Perks of my DVD set. Okay, so there's three deleted scenes, and I'll talk about them later on um, as they come into play because I watched them. They're not like full deleted scenes. They're like the storyboarded. Like it's not fully animated. It's the sketches and all that, but they put mm-hmm. the, some of the voices to it. But one of the first ones, it's called Chasing the Crow, and it comes up later when they're like they f- finally get to the city and they're trying to like get the lowdown on everything that they're in that trying to figure out where everyone is and everything but a detail that they changed that was originally in there it's called chasing the crow because originally the crow was the boss of the wolves and that's a little bit stronger of a connection to the peacock because it's the birds the wolves but that first it's the big bad wolf with the eye patch that was originally a crow but they changed it because the crow was they thought the crow was too close to a peacock so they changed it and made it also a wolf. But the, it was, I don't know, I don't, it doesn't really explain how the wolves became the mix, but it does like yeah. set up this like bird, like hierarchical system. Interesting. Yeah. No, I agree. I think the bird would have been a better mm-hmm. approach. Also, like, why are they worried about a crow being too similar to a peacock? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't think they look alike at all. And if you don't draw them to look the same, they won't. <laughs> I don't know. I they didn't go into detail on that. They just explained that distinction. I thought it was interesting. Also, the shin is white. Like he's a white peacock with the red eye looking things on his feathers, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. a crow is black. <laughs> yes. yeah, so <laughs> I don't think I would have confused them. But who's but Corey, to you're, say? You're not the target audience anymore, Corey. However much you resonate with this movies, you are no longer <laughs> the target audience. That's true. Okay, so in his warehouse. He is commanding the wolves to build his cannons. And the wolves are um, like, we're almost done, but we're out of metal. And so Shin sends them out to go and get the last bit of the metal that they need. So what they've been doing is they've basically just been stealing a bunch of metal from all over China and then melting it down to build cannons. So they go to the Valley of Peace on the edge of town. They start ransacking to try and steal the metal. Poe is enjoying his life is like kung fu warrior all that other stuff and he's got a meeting with shifu which did you notice that shifu is wearing like a green like roby kind of thing yeah i was like what the fuck like why <laughs> but then i thought about it and i was like maybe it's because Uguay's dead now and like he's supposed to be the like Uguay. i don't yes. know yeah but like no offense no one will ever be Uzway. Oh my god. <laughs> like I'm serious. Shifu is still learning and he knows that. He talks about that a lot. Like how like literally at the end of this movie, he's like, How did you master inner peace? And so young. <laughs> like he's like, Shifu is he's great. We love Shifu. But like he's not the same kind of mentor that Ukwe was, you know? Right. Yeah. It's just Big shoes to fill that he's not quite filling, in my opinion, yet. I know I'm being a little harsh on our... Not you dragging your man through the mud like that. Our guy Shifu over here, we're being a little harsh. But anyways, I just was... When he was wearing that green thing, I was like, I don't like it. And then I was like, what is that? And then I thought about it, and I was like, it's probably because he's supposed to be the Uguay from now on. 
but I don't think he's anything like Uguay at all. Like Uguay is over here, like the like in the last movie, the scene at the peach tree, where he not only is arguing with Shifu about like how like no matter what you do, it will turn into a peach. You just have to let it grow. Blah blah. blah. And then the scene where Pe- like Poe was eating the peaches, and he was like, "I suck," and he was like, "Yep." But yesterday was history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Like, that's not something I feel like Shifu's going to whip out. I feel like Shifu's a bit too, like, sassy and, like, not wise enough to pull that kind of shit out. Oh, my gosh. Corey, you're just throwing shots at this man. I'm sorry. sorry. This This red panda. (laughs) This man. (laughs) This man. (laughs) I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. Okay. So he has a meeting with Poe. And he's like, Panda, you need to find inner peace. And Poe's like, cool, how do I do that? And Shifu's like, you just have to do it. Like, for me, it was because of pain. <laughs> and he was like, the worst day of my life was the day that you were chosen as the Kung Fu warrior. Worst day. Horrible day. I can't believe I had to live that day. And he's like, all right. All right. Okay, Shifu, you can stop now. You forgot, you forgot, the, you forgot the shudder. He, like, shudders. He's like, it's the worst yes. day. <laughs> yes <laughs> it was pretty funny and i still think that's so interesting because he literally loves poe so much and poe to Uguay's point did bring him inner peace so like i just think it's so interesting that he still feels that strongly that the day that poe was chosen to be the dragon warrior was like the day that he feels like was the worst day of his entire life like i i don't know i feel like i would never I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I would feel the same way, but. No, I also was sitting there thinking, I was like, when he was saying that, I was like, yes, for the comedy. Yes, I'm here. And then I was like, okay, but what about the day where your adopted son turned on you? Yes. <laughs> yes. The day that your adopted son turned on you, almost killed you. And then your new like prodigy basically kills your adopted son. Yes, I agree. That should have been the worst day of your life. Or the day, the first time, potentially. I would even think the argument would be strong enough to say the first time your adopted son turned on you and tried to kill you and Uguay had to put him in jail. Even the day Uguay left. like that. Oh, that's- yeah. <laughs> even, even that. The day that Uguay left you to figure your shit out on your own with Poe, who you never thought could do it. Like, yeah, I agree. I think there's three other distinctive days that could have been worse than the day that, you, that Bo was hit. But I'm not Shifu. I don't want to pretend to understand the inner workings of his mind. Poe is about to try and find inner peace in that moment, which was not going to happen. But he gets called away because he's told that there are bandits on the edge of town. And so he and the Furious Five go over to try and stop this and it's a really cool like fight scene because you can see where they all work together and mm. like i think what's really interesting here now i understand that poe is the dragon warrior and i understand that poe in the last movie defeated tai Lung, and nobody else could so i, I guess Uguay could have but i understand that they look at him and they call him master now but he's like the ringleader. Did you notice that in that first scene? Like he's calling the shots. He's telling them when, where to move, and et cetera. Like, and I thought that was really interesting because he's still so new to yeah. all of this and like the newest to the group. And like it shows a lot about the relationship that he has with them because they trust him that much at this point 
that they're like, you are our, our leader, our master. Like, we will follow everything that you say at any time. And it continues to the rest of the movie. Even when there's a scene where they're like, look, you're not fit to go to this fight. We're going to go without you. Like, they still ultimately are like, what do you want us to do before they make that decision for him? I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, and I agree. that I can see it from a strategy standpoint, though, because with Poe's wisdom and his knowledge... It, wisdom? The man yes, is doing it for like a on. year. <laughs> yes, but with all of his kung fu obsession, he... Yeah, that's I fair. think it could go a different way where he... Like, if he was going to be more serious not serious but like a bit more direct i guess he knows the five he knows the five as a team just from his obsession he knows their strengths he knows their weaknesses he knows his own from a strat and he knows like the history of kung fu better than most of them might but just because of the way he's di deep diving to all of it and even before he was like he has all that knowledge going forward that they might not have and he can appreciate them as a team that they've just noticed. Like I can make, I can see it. It may, if I need to justify, it, I can. But I do agree that it was. It's it may be a bit fast for them to, mm -hmm. him to just walk in and like just command the shot, call the shots like that. I'm glad you put it like that because that does make more sense. Every time I ever bring a problem to you and you're like, I can justify it. You usually agree <laughs> with what you give me. I can see that because it's true. You even see his action figures again in this movie. Yeah, I actually when you say it like that makes a bit more sense. I do what I can. Fill in the gaps in writing. <laughs> That's my job here. <laughs> so they're fighting. And like I was saying, they're having a really cool fight scene. Always calling all the shots. They're doing good. They're kicking ass. They're winning. Until Poe sees a symbol on the shoulder of a wolf. And something happens where he just recognizes that symbol. And he, like, loses focus and gets knocked the fuck out. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a full-on like he just lets himself get hit and like falls over and everybody's like what happened so the bandits get away and they run back to shin and they're like we saw a panda and shin's like no fucking way there's no way you saw you saw a panda they don't exist because i killed them all so the five are asking poe like what happened like, what's going on here are you okay dude and He's like, nothing, I'm fine. I, I just thought I saw something. I don't know. So he goes to his dad. Wait, and he's yes. And before you play, I feel like you're about to play a scene. But <laughs> <laughs> as you're about to play the scene, when he goes, I was waiting for this because I wrote this down. I didn't write exactly when it was. But when he goes in to talk to his dad for maybe the first time and you're in the restaurant, did you hear the discussion of what the dad was talking about? Like, or not just not what he's talking about, but like what he was selling at his shop i did i don't remember it what obviously noodles for me obviously yeah. noodles but he said noodles and tofu which if oh, you remember yes he no, was i was like i was like oh look at my man living out his dreams too i know really he said that yes oh that's and tofu. so clever oh i cannot believe they did that Oh, I love DreamWorks. This is why I love DreamWorks. Like, honestly, arguably DreamWorks is better than Disney. And that's why. That's the kind of small shit why. It took literally two seconds for them to add that to the movie. But they knew that it was critical to add that to the movie for a full circle of, like, live out your dream. 
but still do what's important to you and like important for your family. Oh, it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I was not about to play a clip, but I can. What What are you looking for? What do you? Oh want no, to hear? I just thought you might be, but if you didn't plan you, on it, please continue. Did you want me to play the entire conversation of him and his dad, or no? You're just queuing it up like you were going to. You're like, he had to go talk to his dad, and you were looking at your phone. So I was like, she's about to get a scene. I'm looking at our summary. I see. We'll go on. Again, any point you want me to like throw a clip in there, I'll play it out. No, you're good. Keep going. I got the movie behind us. All right. So as I was saying, he went to go talk to his dad. And he basically is like asking his dad where he came from. When his dad's trying to brush it off, he's trying not to answer. And he's like, no, dad, really? And then he tells him he was adopted. And this is a shock. <laughs> <laughs> to the Furious Five's point later, because Poe tells them later that he was adopted. And they were like, your dad, the, the goose, goose. <laughs> is not your dad. And that's a shock. And Poe was like, yeah, it's so crazy. Can you believe it? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But also, I have wondered this. In this world, can cross, can species cross date and cross, have like cross children? Because when you think about it, like, they are, when you see a couple, they're typically with their own species, right? But yeah. I happen to know this because I have seen The Legends of Awesomeness. There's a whole episode dedicated to Poe getting married to a sheep. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to understand here. They can cross species love for whatever. And also, there's a whole sect of the internet that I've told. I talked about this last time. Remember I talked about T-Poe? Where mm -hmm. everyone says Poe and Tigress are a thing. Like, again, that would be crossing species. Like, is that a thing? Is that not a thing? If it is a thing, do can they have children? How do children come out if they do that? Like, is this subtly low-key saying, like, I know we're talking about how, like, all the bad things in the world shouldn't happen, but it also low-key feels like you could argue that, like, each animal is a race, and now we're saying that you cannot, like, cross-state between races? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... It's I'm getting really deep into the lore of like what it means to be an animal in this say, movie. <laughs> I was about to say, Corey, I know I'm filling in gaps in the writing here, but that is one gap I cannot fill for you. We're going to have the writers on the podcast to fill those in. Okay, I'll call them right now. I'll see if they answer. Thank you. You're welcome. So his dad tells him that he found him in a radish basket. And there's this beautiful little montage of his dad like raising him mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah and it's so beautiful because you can tell how much his dad loves him and the whole message of this movie is beautiful in and of itself part of it doesn't resonate as well with me as the first movie's message did but the idea of the whole movie is essentially it doesn't matter where you came from what matters is who you are today and your past might be terrible because the sheep literally says this later. By yes. The way. First of all, she's a goat. But secondly, oh, I thought she was a sheep. <laughs> I don't know what she is. She's a ram. I don't know. Secondly, I have a different way of framing it, but I'm going to save it for the end because it ties into my nostalgia stuff. I was going to say, you don't want to say how to say it now? like Not yet. Not yet. I'm going to save it for the end. Because she basically, she, she literally says to him. She does say that. Yes. Your beginnings might be terrible, but that does not define who you are now. Who are you now? 
basically. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying like that doesn't resonate nearly as well with me because I understand the concept of like bad things have happened to you, but like don't let them drag you back. Like basically be the person you are today because of those things and be better yes. from it. And that is a beautiful message. But it also felt like really what this was about was like in that same theme being like regardless of like who your family is like regardless of why you're in that situation if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like the ones that love you love them. like let them love you let them be what they want to be for you know am i making any sense i feel like that's not coming out like i want it to can you translate translate for me (laughs) well no it, it makes sense you're doing fine agree but like i said i'm keeping my thoughts put a pin in this i'm picking my thoughts to the end because it, it does tie into my nostalgia meter i can tie it to a different nostalgic movie okay i want to say real quick she's a ram no she's I was a looking, she might be I was, a ram i think she she's a ram, ram. no I'm looking at her when i was watching that yes. one scene, and she's got the curly horns like a ram yes but she eats everything like a goat's do she eats his sleeve she eats oh. Mm. A bunch of other stuff too. Whenever she's fighting back, so I, and she has the beard. Do rams have beards? I know goats do. I don't know. I don't have a ram. I have dogs. You want to see my dogs? She's an elderly goat. Had to look it up. All right. We say goodbye to his dad, and when he says goodbye, his dad tries to give him his action figures too to take with him. And it's really funny because there's a scene where at first he's embarrassed that the five see the action figures of themselves. But then he looks at his dad and he's like, dad, you're bending, you're denting my tigers or like you're scratching my tigress or something like that. People also love to use that one to say he's in love with tigress because his favorite action figure is tigress. I don't buy it, but. No, and those, I will say, this is a teaser because no, it's not. We don't, we haven't gotten there yet. One of the shorts has something to do with those action figures. That's all I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Does something inappropriate happen? <laughs> that's for me to know and you to find out. Oh, my God. That's okay. All right. I don't know if I'm concerned or not. Again, you'll have to wait and find out. Okay. So, ultimately, he grabs the pack that his dad makes for him which is so sweet that his dad made a pack for him and you can see how worried his dad is about him going off to save china not only for post sake just in general but also for like their relationship that kind of stuff but like it's i honestly feel like he's more worried about poe making it back alive because remember tigress even says to him like we'll keep him alive we'll bring him back safely he'll be back i remember this distinctly because i was like i was watching it and I said the line before he said it. He, she said, we'll bring him back before you can say noodles. And then there's a pause. And he goes, noodles. Mm. And I said, noodles. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That's exactly how that went. It was so heart-wrenching. This movie. Heart-wrenching. Really was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We see where Shin takes over the palace and kills like master rhino and puts ox and croc in jail and he takes over the palace in gongwen city okay same time we're seeing the five and poe travel to gongwen city and it's like a whole funny sequence of them getting there etc and then they are on a boat traveling there and this is the part that i want to play because poe has a dream we'll start with his dream and he wakes up and has a very 
key interaction with Tigress. And this one is, again, another one that they use to talk about Tipo. So yeah, I can see it. Yeah. I just I, I want to play it. Mom? Dad? Is that you? Mom! Dad! Oh, hi. Hey, son, you're back. Huh? Honey, what are you doing here? But I thought we replaced you, dear, with this lovely radish. Radish. It's quiet, polite, and frankly, does better kung fu. <laughs> no, 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 no. is not a worthy opponent. <laughs> I am ready. Okay. So serious. Real quick, people use that as well, specifically like, I am ready. <laughs> to be like, ooh, they're into oh, each other. They no. love that. They eat that shit up. Real quick. <laughs> I prefer the mast. Apologies. I used to punch the ironwood trees by the palace to train. Now I feel nothing. That's severely cool. Again. So, uh, this punching ironwood trees, how long did you have to do that? 20 years. Oh, 20, 20 years. Yes. Is there any, uh, you know, faster way, you know, until the, uh, you know, don't feel anything? No. Besides, I don't think hard style is your thing. Oh. Poe, why are you really out here? I just found out that my dad isn't really my dad. Your dad, the goose. That must have been quite a shock. Yeah. And this bothers you? Are you kidding me? We're warriors, right? Nerves of steel, souls of platinum. Like you. So hardcore you don't feel anything. <laughs> Yo, wow. I was... So what are you guys talking about? Nothing. Nothing. Having daddy issues. Man, I'm so lucky. I don't have any problems with my dad. 
Maybe it's because mom ate his head before I was born. I don't know. Mantis, this isn't about you. Poe is the one freaking out. I'm not freaking out. Poe. I'm freaking in. Poe. We're here, Gong City. I'm sorry for laughing, but I thought it was so funny that Viper was like, he has daddy issues. And then Mantis is like, oh, I don't have any because my mom ate my dad's head. Like, no, you 5,000% have daddy issues, sir. You just don't realize it. And then like, they all were just like, I'm not freaking out. I'm freaking in. Like all of their lines were hilarious just then. Like that was pretty, they were all pretty good. I thought those were good lines. But I was thinking a lot about what Tigra said about how long it took her to not feel anything Hmm. like the 20 years to not have basically to have nerve damage to the point where she can't feel anything right and we know from her backstory in the first movie where she talks about how she was the shifu and he never really loved her etc and she wanted him to be like her dad like he was for tai lung in that story where we find out that he was never the same after tai lung etc i just i feel like she was probably maybe five at that time, and so 20 years puts her at like 25. I wouldn't yeah. put her any younger than like maybe 23 or 22, but I feel like she's probably supposed to be about 25. No, I did the same thing. I did that same math because when Shen later on, when he says like or earlier, when he says he's been working at this for 30 years or whatever, it was 30. That was when he had to genocide on the pandas. So mm-hmm. Poe himself would have to be like, I don't know if he was one, two. He was barely talking. So mm. he's at least 30, though, if that's when he killed the pandas and Poe was alive when that happened. So Poe's in his 30s. And that makes sense to me because when I was thinking about this originally, I always thought Poe was supposed to be older than Tigress. Because, like, okay, I was thinking about it because, again, I'm trying to understand the T-Poe thing that everyone's obsessed with, right? And I'm trying to line them up as a couple. And I'm trying to figure out the age gap because I, I thought he was older. I didn't think, I didn't know how much older. Because when you think about it, like, Okay, storyline-wise, Tigress is probably about 25. That's what I'm putting her at. I wouldn't put her any older, really, than 27 at the best, but she's probably 25. Him being, like, 30, that's not too much of an age gap for it to be too, like, abnormal for them to be a couple, if that makes sense. So, like, I'd buy it. But, like, when you hear the voice actors, like, I just... Like, Angelina Jolie... I don't know how old she was in 2011, but she definitely was not 22 or 25. Like, again, her voice is like an adult woman's voice. So for me, without the backstory, I would have put her as older at first. I don't know. Maybe she is in her 30s, but I took it as 20s based on the backstory. Yeah. And same with Poe, like Jack Black. Like, again, I don't remember how old he would have been in 2011, but I would not have put him at 30. And okay, let's talk about Monkey, for example, right? Monkey is Jackie Chan, which he does not get enough lines in this movie. He definitely should have gotten a lot more lines because it's really cool. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Jackie Chan's in this movie. But I would put Monkey at 40. And that might be because I know it's Jackie Chan. I don't know. He's probably supposed to be in his 20s, but I'm definitely putting him at like 40. I mean, I can see it, yeah. I put Mantis around 30. But again, I feel like that's probably because Seth Rogen's voice is like, like he's an adult. Like when I hear Seth Rogen, I'm like, he's a man. Like I don't question how adult he is. Does that make sense? He's a man. Yeah. No, I don't mean like that. <laughs> like I'm not like he's a man, but he's an adult man. Like that's what I mean. I'm a real boy. 
<laughs> and then I would say Viper is young. Like I feel like Viper is like 22, 23. I don't think Viper is that old. Reptiles live a long time. So you think she's like 100? Oogway <laughs> <laughs> was reaching in the thousands. That's true. That's true. And then I would put Crane like 28, 27. Yeah, he's older too. Older? That's like our age, bruh. Older than Viper. Okay. I was like, Calm yourself. <laughs> I know you're not calling me old. <laughs> I'm older than you. Barely, but yes. Barely true. Old is old, poor. Respect your elders. Oh my God. You want to talk about elders? <laughs> we could skip to my favorite category. Calm yourself. Because we love Shifu. <laughs> Here we go again. He will always have a special place in my heart. So they get into the city. They get into the city. And they are, like, trying to be in stealth mode going around the city. Because the entire city is controlled by wolves. Like, that's, like, the patrol, if that makes sense. Because Shin has taken over the palace. There's this scene where Poe is trying to get to the marketplace in, like, stealth mode. And he does not do it very well. And they're, the five are, like, that's stealth mode. And he's, like, what are you talking about? That was great. But he, like, sucks up a bunch of shit in the market. So, ultimately, they um, end up inside of, like, a dragon thing that's in like parades. What do you call that? Uh, I know the name, but I don't remember. Let, hold, let, let me look it up. And make sure I got it right. It's hold on. Yeah, yeah, it's a lion dance. That's what it is. Yeah, lion dance. Yeah. Okay, so they end up inside of a lion dance, and they want to. Um, I think this time it's a sheep. <laughs> Yes, I think you're right. I think this one is a sheep. Yeah. Okay, so they end up trying to save a sheep from a wolf because he's like harassing her. She's feeling bad. Oh no! You like like my sheep impersonation? No, I did not like that. That was a terrible pun. Terrible pun. Moving on. Yeah, I was gonna say let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) They end up saving her from the wolf and like it looks like they the dragon eats the wolf is what it looks like because they like pan out and it's them like beating him up inside the dragon the lion dance and it looks like they like poop him out (laughs) that little bunny is traumatized yeah (laughs) it's like a little kid bunny (laughs) and he's like ooh. (laughs) and then they ask the sheep basically like she's like thank you so much is there anything i can ever do to repay you and they're basically like can you tell us where to find xyz or whatever and she gives them information about how to find the jail that master ox and master crocker and so then they go through the city in the lion dance and get to the jail and they break into the jail and they put monkey on lookout and that's critical because monkey is terrible at lookout and i'll bring it up later when it happens but he does not tell them until it's too late so anyways they break into the jail and there's this whole scene where they're trying to convince Croc and Ox to leave the jail. Because Croc and Ox are not in the jail because they couldn't get out. They could have. They chose to stay because they feel like there's no point in breaking out that they would not be able to save the city. Because Shin has essentially told them, like, or made it seem like that he'll destroy the entire city, city, killing everyone if they try to fight him. And that they will not win. They do not believe they can win. Which, on their own, I can see that. Just two people. But when the five show up plus Poe, you would think that would be enough. But it wasn't to them. And what's interesting to me is later in the movie, there's a reference to where, like, they do come out of the jail with Shifu. And 
Poe wasn't able to convince them in this time, but apparently Shifu does. And I want to know what Shifu said because we don't know. They never tell us how he convinced them because they end up, they're like, Croc, Ox, you're here. And they're like, yeah, your master is really convincing or something like that. And it's Shifu. And that's how they introduce Shifu later in the movie again. And I just, I want to know what he said. He taught them their lesson. He helped them find inner peace. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, they decide, the five decide that they can't convince Croc and Ox to break out of the prison. And that's fine, essentially. And right at that moment is when the wolves realize that they've been breached and they get in. And then Poe looks at Monkey and he's like, Monkey. And he's like, oh, they're here. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, you're a terrible lookout. But ultimately, they fight the wolves and he finds the leader wolf that he saw at the village that had the symbol on his shoulder. And that's the one that Poe is like really going after because it's the big bad guy. Does that make sense? And that's the one that Poe has been like fighting. The rest of the five are fighting other wolves. They're having this big fight through the city and it travels through the city to the point where they land in front of the palace. And they get into the palace and Poe is like, hi, I defeated you. But then they're surrounded by wolves because they're in the palace grounds. And Poe's plan is to let them take them hostage. So he lets them get like cuffed and everything and he lets them take them inside they end up going inside and they have to go up like all of these stairs or something yes, yes. that's one of my that, that's one of my favorite scenes because i this is the one i quote for years all part when he's all like my old enemy stairs Been that for years. <laughs> do you want me to play it yes do you, absolutely absolutely you gotta you gotta hear that line i gotta feel it my happy soul. it'll bring me inner peace keep moving Ah, my old enemy. Stairs. Iconic. Iconic. I loved the Garfield movie growing up, the one with Bill Murray. Naturally. I used used to that a lot when I was younger. That's like a very nostalgic movie for me. And there's a scene in Garfield where he's like in an air vent and it actually ends up being like it blows him around the air vent but like a gust of air comes and he's like ah there is a nice cooling breeze (laughs) and i always quote that so you always quote the ah my old enemy enemy. stairs (laughs) well also i didn't think about this before but it's cute that it's a callback because the stairs of the jade palace was a big enemy for him in the first movie it's still an enemy yes it's always going to be an enemy for him. Like, even at the Jade Palace, I guarantee he doesn't go down to the village that often because he probably doesn't <laughs> want to go back up those stairs. But honest to God, who would? I cannot blame him. I don't think I would. They're definitely stairs are an enemy. They're, that's big facts. No printer. <laughs> oh my God. Bring it back. <laughs> what else do the kids say these days? <laughs> Not that. All right. So. They get to the top of the stairs, and he doesn't even, like, walk up them. Like, he gets carried up. <laughs> Only the last few flights, Cora. Only the last right. few flights. 300 out of 301, he gets carried up. Naturally. He gets to the top, and he has a plan to destroy the weapon when he gets to the top and get out of the chains and beat up Shin and win. He mistakes 
the diagram, diorama, like what do you call that when it's like a little model, like a model. He just mistakes the model <laughs> of the cannon for the actual weapon. And it's like a two inch model. And he's like, oh, weapon. And like just breaks it. <laughs> and everybody's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he is breaking out of the chains and stuff. And they start fighting Shin. I think I forgot to say something. Um, so I want to go back real quick. Before they get into the palace, like there's a back and forth between the five moving through the city and Shin getting into the palace right after he kills Master Rhino. And there's this whole setup of him, like he wants his throne to be in the right place. And he's like a little more to the left, a little more to the left, a little more to the left. But what's more critical here is this is again where he asks the ram, sheep, goat lady. (laughs) He says to her, okay, tell me my fortune again. And she tells him again, you are destined to be defeated by a warrior of black and white. And I actually, while like, I like that because I think it's really interesting that it's always appearing in the symbol of a yin and yang. So it's black and white as in peace and it symbolizes peace. And he took it literally as in the pandas. But I think it would have been more interesting, not that I dislike that pose a panda or anything like that, but I think it would have been a lot more interesting if he had killed all the pandas and it was actually like not a panda that mm. killed him. Like it's yeah. convenient, it's cool or whatever that black and white, it also symbolizes yin and yang, et cetera. But I don't know, I just think that it would have been more interesting if it had actually not literally been a panda. Fair, fair though. Anyways, that's important because the whole entire movie he continues to try and ask like what's my fate now what's my fate now what's my fate now basically from this woman every time he talks with her and she's like it's gonna always be the same as long as you continue on this path which is why i like that that like in like i said in the beginning they open with like he sealed his fate by doing what he thought would prevent it and i think that's a very interesting concept okay they have this fight and they're fighting and poe is doing good until shin's hail flares open or something like that i don't really try to describe exactly why it pops up but his tail pops up and all of his feathers have that same symbol that the wolf's shoulder had on it it's like an Mm. eye that has like what looks like almost like eyelashes coming off the side of it and it throws poe off and he is not capable of kung (laughs) fuing he's not capable of doing the kung fu at all after that moment he is not in the right mindset at all he's completely taken out of it because he's so triggered by this symbol and what it somewhat reminds him of like he can't remember it but like because the trauma is buried so deep etc that he is just not able to focus anymore and starts getting his ass kicked again and then um shin ends up destroying the palace in the process of trying to kill the five and poe which i would have thought would have been a bigger deal to him Mm, Mm. because he was like i will have my throne in this palace one day and he only has it in there for five seconds before he ends up destroying his palace but like maybe the plan is for him to take over all of china china so maybe he's not super worried about it he's just like i'll build another palace i don't know but i would have thought that would have been a much bigger deal for him but i don't know so anyways um tigress and the rest of the five actually have to like basically save poe because he's useless getting out of the building and then they go back down to um, the jail where Ox and Croc are while Shin is in his warehouse trying to finish out his cannons and stuff. And 
this next scene is a scene that again people like to talk about it with tipo but also like i think it's just really good for like showing poe's character what did you do it's chaos up there what happened to stopping shen yeah guys come on give me a little credit i meant for him to get away because uh it's a trick it was a plot i was thinking i'll figure out his plot more that makes no sense what do you mean sure it does oh the truth you had shen what happened what are you talking about what i don't know what you're talking about i yeah i okay he caught me off guard the truth Fine. They will keep you far from danger. Real far. <laughs> what? You're staying here. Wh- Wait! I have to go. <laughs> You're staying here. I'm going, and you can't stop me. Whoa! Okay. I wasn't ready that time. Guys, don't. Ready. Look. Hold on, I'm sorry. I want to pause it real quick because I just saw something. This is like the fourth time I'm watching this scene. <laughs> and that was really cool. Okay, I'm going to try to show you. I'm going to back it up so you can see it. And I'm going to try to hold it up to the screen so you can see it. They have the yin and yang symbol in this. It's literally like the tile on the floor makes that like split symbol part of it. Mm. And Tigress is on one side and Poe is on the other. And it makes the two dots. And it's in the shape of a circle. I have never noticed that until right now. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> Let me try to show you. Look at the gems we get on Rewatch Core. I know. Let me try to show you. Don't. Ready. Yeah, I see it. How cool is that? How cool is that? Okay, let's continue the scene. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Stay down. I have to get to him. Then tell me why. He was there, okay? The peacock was there the last time I saw my parents. He knows what happened, where I came from, who I am. Look, I'm gone. I have to know. The hardcore can't understand. Tigress, no! The hardcore do understand. But I can't watch my friend be killed. We're going. Hey, maybe you can't watch me be killed? Stop being a wimp. In that scene where it was like Viper's like Tigress, no, because you didn't you didn't get to visually see it. She rushes at him, but she's hugging him. And she says that's when she says the hardcore do understand. And that's why I can see like Tigress has a soft side. Like physically, she doesn't let her guard down. She's very like what like physically she's like sturdy. Like that's her like thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he is physically very soft. But ultimately, he's like not soft. He deep down, he's a very strong person. Does that make sense? Yeah. And she knows that because this whole time, 
he's been acting like he's chilling, he's fine, and he's really fucking distraught. Like, he is so distraught that he can't even kung fu. Can you even kung fu? <laughs> In this moment, too, when she hugs him, it occurred to me that, like, because that was the hug, that, like, that moment. It's the hug of someone who's under, who understands. Yes. And then, so it, like, hit that she, like, you can assume that I mean we don't we didn't get the actual like how Tigress came to be, but we know Shifu trained her from when she was young. So you can yes. and you learn a bit more on that in some of the shorts. But you can assume that her past is also not necessarily all rainbows and unicorns either. So yes. like you get well, that more of that connection between the two of them that the others may not have of that her past is a little bit darker than the others. And we know that from the last movie we talked about it in the last movie where you were like oh we don't have a background on the five and so we get one on tigress because they show her as a kid where shifu never loved her the way he loved tai long and she mm -hmm. wanted him to but he never did and it almost implies that she's also an orphan like tai long like po and that she was taken in but maybe it was something like i again i need to watch the backstory of the five that little short it's not little it's like half an hour but you know talking about because i guarantee it'll tell you about how they all came to be. I'll watch that before the next movie. So we'll have more information next podcast. Actually, that one doesn't. The scroll one does. Oh. Uh, okay. I will watch the shorts before the next podcast. Don't spoil them for me yet. I guess, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Like yeah. I said, they're for later. They're not technically released as of where we are right mm -hmm. now in 2011. Right. We are currently 13 years old. <laughs> we don't have that information. <laughs> all we know is that she was young when she got to Shifu. Shifu never loved her like he loved Tai Long. She wanted him to. And then she understands Poe's struggles with his, like, issues with not having parents, not having, like, the, mm -hmm. like, like, having a hard life, like you're saying. Okay, so they leave Poe in the prison because they determine it's not safe enough for him to go with them. As Tigress says, she doesn't want to see her friend die. And this is the moment where I was saying that, like, you were saying that they're both leaders and that, like, ultimately, like, that's why they, like, are trying to find their power dynamic, which they have a good one, if that makes sense. Like, they're at balance. They don't, like, outdo each other or anything like that. And I feel like this is the moment where I was saying that she hears him out. She says, like, yes, you're our leader, essentially. Like, I understand that you're supposed to go with us. But she's going to make that call for him because she doesn't think he's in the right headset. Right mindset, I should say. Headset sounds like technology. Headspace. Headspace. <laughs> yes. There we go. Thank you. Helping me English. Do you know how much my English has been suffering since I've been trying to learn Spanish? I cannot grammatically speak English anymore. Like, it comes out as, like... Bold of you to like, assume you could. Oh, <laughs> sir. I was good at English when I was taking French. I'll tell you what. But now that I'm trying to learn Spanish and trying mm. to keep my French at the same time, I'm confused. So my English is not Englishing. Comment. <laughs> Shut up, Drew. Some of us are just not as smart as you, okay? Drew, I just want you to know. <laughs> I want you to know. Because I, I think it's important that you and all of our friends hear this because that's who listens. Whenever I talk about you guys, I tell everyone how smart my friends are. Because people think I'm smart. Like, I don't really know why. But they'll be like, oh, you're so smart. You're so smart. You're so smart. And I'm like, no, you need to meet my friends because I am the dumb friend. Like, if you think I'm smart, no, if you think I'm smart, you need to meet my friends. I have friends that are 
lawyers, doctors, pharmacists. <laughs> Nobody's an accountant because allegedly I'm the accountant friend and I'm not even an accountant. And then I have a friend who does technology who's going to be in the FBI one day. So like, you, so, you see what I'm saying? Like, I have so much smarter friends than myself. False I'm the dumb friend. That's I'm the false. dumb friend. <laughs> I've also been called the token white friend. But, <laughs> but I am also the dumb friend. It's okay. White girls are typically dumb. So it fits the stereotype. I love how you come on to this podcast every, not every week, the past two weeks, at least two, two or three weeks. And you just att start attacking different demographics of our viewership. Oh. Last time. <laughs> I was like, white people? What's wrong with attacking white people? <laughs> Last time it was the Europeans. White people. I'm just, I just find it interesting how, when we should be welcoming everyone to our podcast, Corey, you I come do here, welcome everyone. Attack. I do welcome everyone. But I hate Americans and I low key hate white people. So, like, <laughs> as a white person, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> How very shen of you. Oh, no. I guess we know we're what I'm a spoiler I'm... alert to my who, who are we in this movie category. Oh, my God. I can't even because that was so accurate. <laughs> I can't even rebuttal because that was spot on. Oh my god. I'm going to do everything in my power not to be him now. <laughs> it's, okay. No. it's okay, Corey. <laughs> you may have started the podcast a bit dark, but it's all who you decide you want to be going forward in this. Okay, going forward, I'm Poe. Inner peace. Inner peace. <laughs> Whatever you say. Where were we? We were talking about how they're going to leave him in the prison. Mm -hmm. So the they, five yes. go, they leave him in the prison. He's just chilling with Ox and Croc. And Ox and Croc make a comment about like, believe me better, you're better off in here with us. Which is surprising because if everyone knows he's a dragon warrior and he's ultimately supposed to be the one that saves everybody at the end of the day, like he is the one. Like you would think people would be more like looking to him to be like, why are you not capable? Does that make sense? But nobody so far is like treating him like that. But anyway, so the five go to the warehouse where Shin has escaped to with the wolves and they're finishing out the cannons. And he's like rolling out. He's trying to roll out the ships basically with cannons. Like that's his big plan is he's got ships. They're going to go sail around China on all the rivers and take over China because his plan is to take over everything, not just Gongmen City. Which again leads me to question like I don't even really know if we know what time period we're supposed to be in China, but like is if Gongmen City's not the capital, is there other subsects that are like different rulers or something? I don't know where we're supposed to be exactly in history. Like if you actually want to try and place it based on the gunpowders, you could. But I don't think that they're following that exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'd agree. Anyways, the five go and they actually set up a way to blow up the entire factory. And they've got it set up and they're good. Like they're they're about to move out because they were like blowing up the factory. And honestly, that probably would have put a big wrench in the works had they blown up the factory because they would have succeeded. Until Poe is there. And they're like, why is he here? We left him. Why did he come? So then they have to stop the explosion and then have to fight the wolves 
and they're attempting to save Poe. Poe, who is still not in the right headspace, he thinks he is, but he's not. He starts to fight Shin again. And that's the next scene I wanted to play is the final like couple lines of this scene. And then I'm going to talk about the actual actions that you may not see because you're hearing them and I don't think they're necessarily vocalized, but this sequence, this like like I, maybe it's only like a minute. Fantastic for me. I thought this was probably the strongest part of the whole movie. Mm. The very last scene. This is probably the second strongest. I'm gonna say that actually, because the very last bit is the strongest, but this was the second strongest. No more running, Shen. So it seems. Now, answers. Oh, you want to know so badly. <laughs> you think knowing will heal you? Huh? Fill some crater in your soul. Well, here's your answer. Your parents didn't love you. But here, let me heal you. wasn't verbalized the let me heal you he like strikes the cannons thing to spark it with his metal call gripper thingies and fires the cannon at poe which hits him sends him flying out of the factory out into the middle of the river i'm assuming it's a river yeah. and Tigress says no because she tries to save him, but she can't. He gets hit right in front of her. And then the scene cuts to Shifu, who that's who gasped at the end there because he, like, I guess had a feeling that something happened like that or, like, he saw it or something, like, through his kung fu power. Like, I don't really know. but I know that there's something that's supposed to be like spiritual out kung fu as well if that mm -hmm. makes sense and they have a way of foreseeing things sometimes or like feeling things sometimes and whatever it was disturbed shifu's inner peace enough for him to gasp and fall and struggle does that make sense yeah and that's why i love that so much i love the connection that shifu has with poe like the literally his inner peace is tied with poe if something happens to poe his inner peace will go away I feel like. And I also love, we love, love when our main character, everybody thinks they're dead and they're actually not. My favorite. That's one of my oh. favorite things to happen in a, in a series. I love that. I love when everyone thinks the character is dead and he's actually not dead. That's oh, it's so good to me. <laughs> Do you like I that? I agree. Yeah, yes, I agree. It's a good, and then I like, it was a very, like, in that moment, I knew he's like I knew he wasn't gonna die. I knew he wasn't dead. Obviously, yeah. But yeah. the well, we still got like, like forty minutes of the movie to go. Well, the, but like the, I like the fact of what exactly what you're saying the the connection that both Shifu has with Poe and the connection that he has with Tigress because you mm -hmm. see both of that like they play up on the 
like the no and the gasp, like it plays into their, I love stuff with relationships, not necessarily like romantic relationships, but like where they're deeply, the bonds are with them are so tight. Like, and that played into that. Like I felt sad for them because they thought that their friend had died. Like that's what mm-hmm. Tiger was to stop. She didn't want to see her friend die. And, uh-huh. she and then she thinks she did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love that too. I love that. Like, what is that? Like a trope? Is that what that would be? Yes. Yeah. Is it really called a trope? I feel like that's not what a trope is. The dead hero trope, yeah. Is it really? I thought a trope was describing like a characterization. Depends on what you mean by characterization. Okay, let's Google the definition of trope. What is a trope? A figurative or metaphorical use of a word or expression. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a trope. Because I feel like every time we talked about tropes in school, we talked about them in like the sense of like a character, not in this like of a characterization, like a personality or like a thing. Yeah, but characterization of a story, like an aspect, an arc, like I, I think that would be interchangeable, but I guess probably, I guess officially no, but. You know what I need? I need to hit up an English teacher of mine from either high school or college. I never even took English in college, but I could probably hit up a humanities professor and be like, hey, can you run me through like proper language again to how to describe things in works, like trope, characterization, things like that. Just show, show me all the words again and then have like a list of definitions in front of me and I'll just whiz out all these words that are accurate. <laughs> again, not the smartest friend here. <laughs> so you were saying you love it too? Yes, I do. Oh, look at that. <laughs> we're in agreement <laughs> agreement but yes at abby we agree this time poe unbeknownst to literally every other character except for the soothsayer is floating alive down the river and he's in bad shape but she pulls him from the river when she finds him and she like does some bandaging around him and then puts a bunch of acupuncture needles in him to heal him etc and then makes him like drink this apparently nasty thing to also heal him but she's basically like you would be dead if i hadn't pulled you from the river but you're not dead because i did and you're gonna be fine which is cool (laughs) we love that (laughs) but to everybody else including shifu i feel like he's dead i feel like if shifu saw something like if we're to believe he actually saw like a vision he saw the vision of Poe being shot with the cannon and that's it. Like, I feel like he doesn't have any inclination that Poe is still okay. What do you think? Yeah, I was not trying to justify it too, because the only, like, I feel like if it was, it may not be that them relying on Shifu and Poe's connection. Like, yes, I guess an argument could be made that it's something bad. If something bad were happening to Poe, Shifu would know. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what we're allowed to believe. But if since he's okay, then why would why did Shifu feel it? Like if it was if he's actually like alive. But so I justified that in my mind of he felt it's not necessarily just Shifu and Poe's relationship, but Shifu's relationship with the six of them because he mm. he felt Tigris and the others' distress and their mm. grief when mm. of seeing Poe die, and that's what triggered him to go. Mm. Not necessarily the fact that, because if Poe were, if something were bad to happen to any of them, I feel like, yeah, Shifu would know. But since nothing, something bad didn't happen to Poe, but it wasn't, it didn't kill him. So why would Shifu have felt anything? Because 
I know this is encroaching dangerous territory because technically I'm not supposed to know this, but I know this because I remember it from middle school. When I watched The Legends of Awesomeness, the TV show that I said chronologically comes before this movie, Poe does die. Mm. Do you remember that? You've mentioned it in the last one, yeah. And he comes back from the dead and he dies because of his own demise. Basically, he like it's like a lesson. I forget exactly what the lesson is, but at the, his last words are like, I thought that being the dragon warrior was about being like awesome and cool, but it's not. I hope you can forgive me or something like that. Cause basically he fucked up. And the whole reason that the bad guy even got as far as they did was because of him and stuff and not listening to what everyone was telling him, which is like Poe's theme for most of his like stories is that like everybody tells him and he doesn't want to do it the way they tell him to. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to do it his way first, which honestly I relate. I'm the same way, but here I am being Poe. <laughs> I was gonna say here you are t- trying to rewrite the narrative that you're Poe, but I'm it's Poe. I'm not Shin. <laughs> I'm not Shin. But my point is, maybe you know how Tigress is like. I don't want to see my friend die. Like there might be like again, we don't know this this time, but like she saw him die before. Poe and Shifu were the ones who were there when she did, or Poe and Shifu. Tigers and Shifu were the ones who were there when he died last time. Mm. So you see what I'm saying? Like maybe they also are like, not again. Like I can't lose them again. You know what I mean? I don't mean yeah. to be like, not again. Like they're like, not again. Like I can't handle it again. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. So maybe that's another part of why Shifu is like, <gasps> and like stumbles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But we can talk about that more after I watch The Legends of Awesomeness for next podcast, the next movie. Yeah. And I also have another spoiler for the next movie that I won't say now, but there's another one. There's another instance in the next movie that I'm aware of. But anyways, he floats down the river. Soothsayer pulls him out. She gets him all set up. She starts talking to him about his past. And she's like, you really don't remember, do you? Like, just actually try to remember it. And so he starts to. And I want to play it. But here's my thing. He's a baby who can't speak. It doesn't seem plausible that he would remember this. And I understand that, like, he's, like, like okay. Panda years probably don't work the same way as human years or something like that. I can buy into that concept to an extent, except we're supposed to treat these animals like people. Like we're supposed to assume they have the same progression as human. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but some, yes. And continue your train of thought there, but I have an argument against it. I just feel like he's too young to truly remember this. The only argument, which might be the one you're about to make, that I feel like would justify him actually remembering this is that it was so traumatic. Yes. That he remembers it. Yeah. Like it's buried and he has to do some digging, digging some soul searching, some soul searching to get to it. But yeah, I think it's not out of the question for him to have some. Yeah. And it goes to, we're buying into a bit of the Kung Fu magic of it too, that he's able, able to sit there and like actually like see it and relive it. But I think it's not out of the question for him to remember it that well. And that's the only argument that I can see for it. But I honestly still think that's even stretching it a little bit. I really do feel like that's slightly unrealistic still, even still. If it was like a way for him to, like maybe he got it as a vision instead through Kung Fu spirituality, I might buy that a lot more than the fact that he has, he just can remember it. 
because that implies that you could just remember anything that's ever happened to you then if you like actually try yeah but i'll argue that he, he had to be triggered first for him to access it and then he's been actively fighting it so in this yeah. scene where he goes through and he's like let it and then she's like let it flow and he has to like let it come through like that's just what he's been fighting back ever since he's been triggered by the symbol yeah that's true and then i'll this actually leads into my next issue with the movie but let's play the clip before i actually say that i have this issue this was a thriving village young shen was in line to rule gongmen city but he wanted more i foretold that someone would stand in his way a panda but I never could have foretold what came next. So all of that music was showing what he's been trying to not remember, but also remember at the same time, if that makes sense. Like, it was like he wanted someone to tell him rather than him actually have to remember it because then he wouldn't have to relive it. But yeah. he relives his final moments with his mother where his dad had said, take our son and go to try and fight off wolves. The mom is running through the forest. The wolves and Shen are actively chasing her. She's a little bit ahead. She sees a radish cart that, like, somebody has just abandoned. She puts him in a box of radishes and then basically, like, hugs him goodbye, kisses him goodbye, then goes back up the top of the hill and, like, distracts the wolves and Shin and starts to run by herself. And we are to believe that she is killed by Shin and the wolves and that she died to save his life, basically. And... Mm -hmm. I know that his mom is dead, like for sure. In the next movie too, his mom is dead. Like that is definitely a defined thing. But there is 
a like a plot twist in the third movie, maybe potentially, if you haven't already seen what it is, you have not. So I'm not gonna spoil it. No, I think I am, but it's at the end of this movie. Yes, it is at the end of this movie. It is. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Bear with us, audience. <laughs> Bear with us, mom. But I here's my thing. Here's my issue. In this moment, when he allows himself to remember it and relive it, that is how he finds inner peace. I just don't buy it. I'm sorry, I don't. Like, I understand he's able to embrace it. And that's the point of the movie. Remember, I said the point of the movie is to embrace who you are, where you came from, et cetera, all that other stuff. And like, don't focus too much on like the bad things because they made you who you are today. Like, yes, it is traumatic. Yes, it happened to you. It's relevant that it happened to you. But like, who are you now? That's what's important. That kind of stuff. Like, I get that's the message. I get that this portrays that message. I don't buy. I don't buy it. I just don't. He's found inner peace from that. I can believe that he has found inner peace from embracing, like reliving it and just knowing it like, but I don't think so. No. Because I feel like ultimately, I don't know, I just don't, I don't, I have trouble with it. I have a lot of trouble with it. And it genuinely took me a really long time. Like I sat there and I said, how does that bring him inner peace? And I had to take like three days to figure out how I thought that brought him inner peace. Three days? Yes. I watched the movie and I thought about it for a long time. I think it's a bit obvious, or at least my justification for it, as I was able to justify it rather quickly. I told you, I'm not the smartest friend. (laughs) I can justify it a little bit in that, because I don't have this experience, so I can't speak to it. I don't want to speak for it. But the whole, but like the, the whole, the adopted child arc you see a lot in media is them struggling with the fact that they're adopted and figuring out why their parents gave them up. And that, and we're led to a belief, even from the first movie, because Pope, like there's that scene in the first movie where, you're, you think the dad's going to tell him he's adopted. So there's mm-hmm. that unspoken, like, and even when his dad does tell him, like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier, he goes, I knew it. So like, it's always, it's in the back of his mind. So that's yeah. something but causing you know, him. I just want to tell you though, when he said, I knew it, it wasn't because he realized he looks different than his dad. <laughs> it was because his dad's into noodles and he's into Kung Fu. Like, that's why. It was personality. Yes. Still the fact that the end, like, again, like Tigers pointed out, she was like, your dad, the, the goose. goose. <laughs> like <laughs> must have been quite the shot for you. But yes, that we know it's in, in his mind. It's been plaguing him. And especially since this whole thing's resurfaced with the symbol, like that is a set thing that's causing him trauma. Him learning to accept it and moving on. Like he's a very carefree guy. We know this. We've seen this, yes. the two movies. So that conflict, this inner conflict for him and absolving that and like willing to let it flow and let what happened coming to that, like understanding within himself. I don't think it's a far reach to be like, that was the thing that's causing him the most like hold up in his past. And he might not have even been conscious of it, but that whole thing of like, this is where I came from. This is mm-hmm. my story, mm-hmm. whether I like it or not. And that's like accepting that. I don't think it's impl- I don't think it's out of the question for it that to have brought him peace. I don't think it's out of the question. I just don't fully buy it. Like I feel like when I see media do it, because again, I also don't have the same experience. I have we've talked before about my <laughs> entire personality is based on the fact that my dad is dead. So like 
I very much so had my parents in my life and my mom sometimes listens to my podcast. So I wouldn't know <laughs> what it's like to not have my parents around. But what I, I do feel like I've seen a lot in movies like this example where you find out like your parents were murdered or something and that's why you don't have them. It brings more unrest. Like it brings you want vengeance. That's what I'm used to seeing. And I think that's why I'm not buying it as well because for me, I'm used to seeing someone wanting to like get revenge from this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think it's that's not his con- way. No, it's not even that. his conflict. It's not even his conflict because it's not of even the soothsayer and Shen, when he first came in, they're like, you're not, that's the only reason you're coming to get vengeance is for the rhino not for anything mm. else oh they're asking him for that that's not what he's even then he's really not coming to seek like he's coming no. there to protect kung fu and stuff but and we okay so like if i were to play the next two minutes after that clip she tells him that line that i keep talking about that's like she's like just because the past was bad doesn't mean you like anything has to has be bad to be today bad. right and yes. like you're who you are today so be yourself and what he remembers in that moment when she says that is his goose dad Mm -hmm. and i think maybe it's because his dad was such a good dad regardless of the fact that he was adopted that brought him peace like that's the critical like piece like if that piece was not played and that's why i connected it does that make sense that's how i was like it took me three days to figure it out and then (laughs) Like some of us are slower than others. We don't need to be mean. So my point is that I just. There I, is now a level zero. Go on. <laughs> Man, I love it. But yes, I am at level zero. My point is that last two minutes, I think is really what solidified it for me was the fact that he was like, I still had a good dad. I still had a parent that loved me. And I think that's why he's okay. I guess I'm just used to seeing like, like think about Batman. He Mm -hmm. didn't have a parent that loved him. You know what I mean? He didn't, like Alfred was as much of a parent as he could have been, but he was very much so not his parent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm more used to seeing the Batman archetype than the Poe archetype. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so moving on with the movie. Guess who comes back? Shifu. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> we love a Shifu moment. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to talk about Movie Man Crush this time. <laughs> We're not there yet. Let's finish the plot. Hold on. <laughs> That's what I live for. I live for that five seconds where I get to talk about the hot old man. <laughs> okay, so oh okay, so the, the next scene opens with the five tied up on one of the ships that Shin is piloting. And Poe appears on a rooftop and everyone's like, Poe? Oh my God, Poe? Now nobody's like, he's alive. Like, I almost wonder if they knew he wasn't dead or something because nobody was like, he's alive. You know what I mean? They just were like, Poe? Question mark? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So anyways, anyways, maybe they were just hoping he wasn't dead. But I'll tell you, the five were very defeated in that moment. Like, they all looked like they were like, I don't care if I die. Like, that's how they were behaving. Because they felt like there was no point to anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, what's fascinating to me is the fact that just even the sight of Poe gave them the will to live. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's all. Even if he had, like, not come down from the rooftop, 
just the sight of him like you could see the hope change in the scene like the will to live changed in the scene but anyways dragon warrior core he is is. he's he's just the symbol of hope like that's really what he is yes he is a great warrior but i feel like and maybe we'll see this in the fourth movie that would be very good actually wouldn't that be really interesting if like they make him like just the symbol of hope because you know how he's supposed to become like the master and train a new dragon warrior like what if he just becomes the symbol of hope and like the dragon warrior is just the symbol of like hope and peace in the valley or something like that i don't know that'd be cool but anyways I'm I really have high hopes for the next movie and I'm going to be really upset if the fourth movie is not good. <laughs> There's this fight scene between Shen and the five cuz Poe gets down onto the boat, he releases the five and then they have a fight scene and then Shifu shows up and so do Croc and Ox. And this is what I was talking about earlier where I said that they show up and they're like, "What are you guys doing here? I thought you weren't leaving the jail." And they're like, "Shifu is quite convincing." And they're like, Shifu, oh my God, you're here fighting with us. How great. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And then they are losing. Not the five, not the masters, but Shin and the wolves. And this is critical because Shin says fire, like at them. And the wolf says, we're too close. We will kill our own. And Shin says, I don't care. Do it like shows you like we know he committed genocide but that shows you again that he has no issue killing anyone at at any time Mm. like he probably would have been willing to kill his parents if he had to you know what i'm saying so the wolf says no i'm not killing our own so shen kills him and then fires the cannon himself at the other at their own and it does hit tigress this time because it was gonna hit poe but she pushed him out of the way People love to bring that one up again, too. People say, oh, my God, she's in love with him because she saved him. And then the scene that immediately follows, because that blast blew up, like, like where they were trying to close, like, the doors to the rest of the river, basically, from the city to get out. It blew through that. So all the ships got out into the, it's almost like a harbor of a river. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. So all the rest of the ships got out into the harbor. All the Kung Fu masters are out in the water like struggling from the blast and tigress took the brunt of it so she's like half dead and poe is like tigress oh no and like tries to like put her more in a better position so that way she doesn't like drown actively and people love to point that one out too to say that they're in love like if you're really looking for it you can use those scenes i still don't i don't know i guess that's a decent argument those specific scenes but other than that not really you know what i mean yeah, no, and it's, again, I agree, but and I will, I'll just say that a lot of, a lot more, there are a lot more scenes in this movie to plead that case than there were in the first movie, I think. That's, that was. I think they know at. the audience likes the idea of it, and I mm. think they want to feed into it. I think that's all it is. Yeah, I don't fair. think they're going to have them be a couple. I really don't. Oh, no, I don't either. Poe gets on a rock. No, not even a rock. I think it's just a floating piece of something, but. Maybe it is a rock. He gets on something and it's stable. And he's standing there and he's the only thing between the ships and them getting out, basically. And Shin is like fire. And they shoot a cannon at Poe. And he uses an inner piece and he like is able to catch the cannon ball and throw it out into the harbor because of his inner piece. And there's this funny scene where after he first catches it, his hand is on fire. 
and he doesn't realize it at first and then he's like oh mm. my god hot and he shoves it in his mouth <laughs> what i think is funny is that i personally thought they were gonna have it be where like he's able to hold fire like i genuinely thought the hand was on fire because it was gonna be something like int- you know what i mean but yeah no. but you're giving no. him too much credit <laughs> <laughs> So then they continue to shoot cannonballs at him and he continues to do the same thing until our like final moment of like he takes the cannonball and he says his famous word skadoosh. Skadoosh. And he throws the cannonball at Shen's ship and it's a wreck. And this is the scene that I want to play next because this scene is exactly where I'm saying, like, it defines the true message of the movie beyond what the soothsayer already said. How did you? You know, you just keep your elbows up and keep the shoulders loose. Not that. How did you find peace? I took away your parents. Everything. I I scarred you for life. See, that's the thing, Shen. Scars heal. No, they don't. Wounds heal. Oh, yeah. What do scars do? They fade, I guess? I don't care what scars do. You should, Shen. You gotta let go of that stuff from the past because it just doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what you choose to be now. You're right. Then I choose this! last movie and i think this is a theme they're gonna do every movie i'm gonna guess i haven't seen the third or fourth but i'm gonna guess he does give the bad guy a choice like a final time to be different and i i do respect that i like that they do that because he's giving shin a chance to stop now i'm sure they would make him go to jail you know what I mean? yeah but he's giving him an option to change his ways before he says okay let's fight and shin is the one who's like i choose to fight and starts to fight with Bo. I thought it was, it's meant to be funny, but it's also meant to be deep. It's hilarious that he was like, I don't care what scars do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that, okay. So in thinking about the scenes with his dad and then thinking about that little dialogue over the course of three days, that's how I figured out how he found inner peace. That's how I connected it and finally made it work for me because I, Drew, don't say anything. But I am connecting more with Shin and the way he thinks than I am anybody else right now. Because I am really like, I don't think I would be Poe. I don't think I could be that way about it. I really think I would be like Shin. I would be like, I'm scarred for life. I took away everything. Like they took away everything from me, like, et cetera. So like, I just, I feel like maybe I don't let my scars fade. I, I hold them or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. I'm I'm pinning that until for, the, <laughs> for further discussion. Uh-huh. The final set of the movie, the final sequence is him fighting Shin. And then what ends up killing Shin is his own cannon falls on him. 
And here's the most interesting piece of the movie to me. He looks up at the cannon falling at him and takes a breath and closes his eyes and stands there. He, like, accepts his fate in that moment. He does not try to jump out of the way. He does not try to do anything else. He lets his own cannon kill him. Mm -hmm. And that is the most fascinating piece of this movie to me. Because what in that moment told him, like, enough's enough? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's also yeah, I've got an answer for you. It's great. I love that his own kin is the thing that killed him technically. But I think that's good writing. Again, I also will bring this up just like I did in the last movie. I'm still shook that they whole ass just killed somebody. Like <laughs> I, I'm just like they whole ass kill people in these movies. These are kids' movies. I, I really like at the time watching this stuff, I did not really comprehend like these people were dying, but like they're dying. <laughs> and then Poe. They, like, can't tell that he's alive or still okay because of the way the cannon fell and, like, the fog and stuff and the smoke from the fight. But then he gets out of the water, and Tigress is okay enough to help him out of the water somehow. So she took the cannon hit a lot better than him, and they hug again. And Shifu is like, you found it her peace. And so young. <laughs> <laughs> and they celebrate that Shin has been defeated and the Dragon Warrior is alive and well. The end. I no. forgot two key, two, two key scenes, Corey. Well, I was going to bring up the final piece that's important for the next movie. Is that well, one of yes. the two? That's one of the two. One right before that, when they go home and Poe talks with his dad again oh, and like yes. says, yes, that's an yes. important scene. <laughs> that is beautiful, actually. Let's bring that up. Okay, so Poe does go home because somebody is at his dad's restaurant and it's a little boy. And they start yelling at the dads because they're like, we want to meet the dragon warrior. Like, where is he? He's your son. Why isn't he here? Like, it's my son's birthday. And I was like, this fucking bitch. Like, good God. Like, so anyways, Mr. Ping has like a low-key meltdown on her. Like, I don't know where he is. Like, he just, he left to save China and I'm so worried about him. And then all of a sudden Poe is there. And he like pats the little kid on the head and ignores him. Like, <laughs> and then he hugs his dad and everything, et cetera. And his dad's so happy to see him. But his dad's nervous. And that's what's weird. Like, not even weird. That's what's crazy to me. It's like the fact that his dad is nervous that Poe will move on from him. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that's, what he, that's what he's nervous for. And I forgot to mention it earlier, but he, like, when he leaves, when Poe leaves for the journey and Mr. Ping's nervous that he's, like, he, I think it's, I think, I don't know if it's at the scene where he gives him the to go bag or if it's the scene after he tells him that he's adopted. But in one of the two scenes, when he says goodbye, Poe says goodbye, but he doesn't say goodbye, dad. He just says goodbye. So, mm -hmm. like, that's a little bit out of character for him. He just says goodbye. He doesn't say so that could be like, and then you see it on his face, mm -hmm. on, on his dad's face, that like he's worried now more mm -hmm. than worried just for his safety, that he's worried of what he's going to find out. So then, yeah, he was nervous coming back that what he's found out that either, either he found, that he wouldn't be his Poe anymore, I think, is what he was worried about. Like he, was, he was either going to find his people, like his own story, and go that, or what he found was going to change him enough that it wasn't going to be that he was not his, yeah. anymore. And that's a fair concern. I feel like it's more of a concern that he would be not who he was before. Mm -hmm. But also, like, that's something that, like, the reality is that, like, people do change and grow. 
good ways and bad ways. And like, if you love them, you accept them as they are anyway. But no, Poe will always be who he is deep down. He's like 30 something years old. He's not changing anytime soon. Even if he's learning how to have inner peace and stuff like that, like he's just going to get more of who he is. Does that make sense? I feel like Mm -hmm. the older you get, the more you just embrace your true self. And whoever that really is, the more you lean into it, the older you get. But ultimately, he tells him, I found out who I was or who I am. And his dad is like anxiously waiting to hear who he is. And he's like, I'm your son. And that was so beautiful. I was going to (laughs) cry. It was so beautiful. And you can see the relief on his dad's like face when he tells him, I'm your son. And then our other final scene. This is like our end credit. Like the last movie had an end credit scene, remember, that like was cute. This is the next end credit, although it didn't come at the end of the credits. It came before the credits. And I did watch all the way through the credits just in case. I did too, just in case. (laughs) But it's a scene of a bunch of pandas living in the middle of nowhere. And Poe's actual biological father is alive. Duh! I was about to do the same thing. (laughs) To be continued in part three. (laughs) So the end of the movie. Okay, so now finally I have thoughts. Okay, okay, so all buckle right. up, all listeners. Right. We're about to get deep. The whole thing I've been hinting at, the whole like the message of this movie so far that I've been I was saving till the end. Yes, Corey, you said it was more along. Yeah, and I agree. It's like you tell your like you are who you are, even if you had a dark past, like you are be you, all that type of stuff. I reframe it slightly differently in the. And to quote another great movie of our childhood era that's surprisingly not on our to be watched list recently, but Shark Boy and Lava Girl, because there's a key, and I, and I only know this because it came up once I was getting into podcasts again, like in the past couple of years, it came up on this other podcast that I was listening to, but I wrote it down exactly word for word. Your story might have started dark, but you can tell your own story. To quote Shark Boy and Lava Girl, if you don't like your dream, dream a different dream. And that's like, tell a different story, change the narrative, like make it your own. Like that's how I took that as the theme of this movie. Yeah, the last one kind of was it's still similar because mm-hmm. Poe's the dragon warrior. He's not, but he's not the dragon warrior everyone expected to be. And that carries over to this too. And he could have started, he had a dark history and so did Shin. Both of them had, oh, Shin had a good beginning and a dark end to his story. But more how the story, that's the story he was telling himself. He let someone else tell them his story. So then he became dark and killed everyone posed a little bit different his story started dark he's telling his own story even when it comes to his noodles the noodle story he dreamed a different dream than what like if you take that literally like his passion his dream mm-hmm. he dreamed a dream than what his dad wanted him to do and mm-hmm. then he made that his reality that's my the theme that i took from the movie itself and the lesson they were trying to teach with that but you were telling on. me earlier something about like it ties into nostalgia that was, so, I mean, yeah, the fact that it ties into Shark Boy and Lava Girl, that's the nostalgia factor for me. Okay. Do you want to get into the nostalgia meter? Because yeah, go I, ahead. Yeah. Okay. So from my nostalgia meter on that, on this one too, it's a little bit higher up actually, because I remembered watching Kung Fu Panda, but I distinctly remember stuff from this movie and like watching this movie because when me and my sister were younger, we'd stay the night at our grandmother's house and we would watch, we'd have movie nights there too. And this is one of the movies we watched. And I watched it with my sister this time. She was on her phone for a bunch of it. She wasn't really paying attention. But or like when I said like my old enemy stares, I like quoted. Yeah. It. Like, how do you how do you know that? I was like, we watched it when we were. It was like, it used to be one of the movies that, and then 
like so the it ranks more nostalgic for me because this when i think like i didn't remember the story i remembered the story of the first one but i remembered mm-hmm. the nostalgia of this one more mm-hmm. which i thought was interesting that so i don't even remember what i gave the rating for the last one yeah, on the either. nostalgia meter but it's higher <laughs> for ranking them the actual kung fu panda movies it is most definitely higher on this one that like i said there was key scenes the stairs the when he just mistakes the soothsayer for a man and he's like sir and the viper's like that's a lady and he's like, I'm <laughs> he's so like the beard confused <laughs> yeah. yes that scene i remember that one word for word too and then there's the scene where they're in, they're trying to break the masters out of jail and like Tigress like takes him, flips him and turns them back. Like that was a promo for the movie. I remember the commercial for that distinctly too. And wow. he's like, that was cool. Or like, that's cool. What he says about like Tigress. I remember that distinctly too. High in the nostalgia meter, like 9.5. I don't know what I gave it last time, but very high in the nostalgia. Even I don't want to say that high because like I said, I didn't remember it before watching it. Maybe a nine, most definitely higher than one though. <laughs> then a one. <laughs> no, but then Kung Fu Panda one. Oh, I thought you meant then a one out of ten. I was like, yeah, that is much higher than a one. <laughs> I don't remember this movie. I don't think I watched it. I could have. It's possible, but I really don't think I have. Um, if I did, I don't remember it at all. I will give it a decent number though because it's the series that I'm nostalgic mm-hmm. for. So like, there's a the fact that it's the same characters being carried over like there's a level to it that like you can argue i'm nostalgic for it for that reason only the actual movie itself standalone zero because i don't remember it right Mm -hmm. but for like the storyline the continuation of the characters all that other kind of stuff like i'd give it like a five because it's the same like i'm able to still relive like how i felt in the moment of like when i was in middle school watching Kofu Panda. About a five out of on the what, nostalgia meter. What about your movie meter? The Okay. So I don't remember what I gave the first movie out of ten. You were it was high. It was high. It was very I high. I feel like it was like an eight or a nine. Yeah. I feel like it and I honestly I was about to open this podcast and be like, DreamWorks did it again because I fucking loved it. It was great. It was a great movie. I feel like I don't want to rank it higher than the first movie because it wasn't better than the first movie, but I would say it was about just as good. So if I gave the last movie like an eight, this movie is also an eight. If I gave it a nine, this movie is also a nine. But it's not better than the first movie. There's very few times that I have ever seen a sequel be better than the pre- like the first one. One of those is Shrek. Shrek 2 so much better than the first one. Absolutely. But that's like one of like two movies that I feel like the sequel was better than the original. Like most of the time, the sequel is not better. Mm. And this is a strong candidate, but I don't think it's better. I just think it's just as good. I disagree. Oh. Even when I was watching it, I was sitting there thinking that DreamWorks sequels are better than the original. I thought it was better than the first. If only because, because this one felt, if only because the first one, it was most definitely setting up the world. And in this one, the world's already set up. They're able to expand more. It felt more mm-hmm. emotional, felt more mm-hmm. cinematic. Mm-hmm. The themes were a bit deep. The themes are maybe not deeper, but then, but like, so I just feel like it wasn't overly better. Not like it, not like Shrek, Shrek 2 and Shrek 1. Shrek 2 is better. It wasn't overly better, like obvious, but as I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I think I enjoy 2 
a bit more than I enjoyed one. I don't know that the comedy aspect was, it was still funny, but I feel like I yeah. laughed more at the first. At the first one. Yep. But I like agree. I said, the this one was more emotional for, yeah. like, I, there was much more, like, much more, much more emotionally well done with every character. Everyone had something going on really out of the main core. So I just, I gave it, a, I would give it a little bit of a higher rating, just sl- the, a slight edge over the first movie for that reason. That mm. it was a bit more, I felt like it was a bit deeper in all aspects. Story, emotions, character development, the world itself, it expanded. Mm. So yes, I, if I gave, whatever I gave the first one, I need to go, we need to go back and, I'll go back and write them down what we gave them. Because that's yeah. important information when we're ranking the three. Yes. But whatever I gave it last time, just a slight edge up. If it was an eight, like eight point five or nine, if it was, I don't think I gave it a nine. I don't think, maybe I did. But if it was not a nine point five, like slightly higher. Mm. How much of this, though, is nostalgia for you? Does that make sense? Like, how much of the nostalgia, because you love this movie so much, is playing into how high you're ranking it overall? I don't think so. Because, like I said, it, it, like, I remember, this, like, going into the concept of the Kung Fu Panda universe, I remember one more than I remember two. When I was watching it, yes, there were still some, I mean, I remembered a lot of one as well the what i remembered from two did have a more of an emotional tie to me than what one did but i remembered mm-hmm. like consciously remembered one more than i remember two so mm-hmm. it should have been higher for that one but i just think that this one was a better movie experience for it oh, oh no it was just a bit more well done interesting mm-hmm. very interesting <laughs> to answer the same question again category of have drew and Corey been there it's still a no yes, <laughs> in the last two know. weeks I did not go to China in the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have. That would have been cool. Maybe I'll go in the next two weeks. <laughs> Tune in next time to find out. <laughs> Do we get to finally talk about my favorite category? Sure. Go ahead. I want to see if right. it's different. It is different. <laughs> oh, it is. Don't tell me it's shit. Is it shit? It is. It oh. is shit. That sh- that okay that shudder that Shifu does that's me the trauma the horror. Listen, <laughs> you got me choking over here. Okay, who obviously always five thousand percent has a special place in my heart. Shifu will always be the one I go back to. <laughs> oh, but Shen. I just, I fucking relate, man. Like, okay, I've never committed genocide. <laughs> so maybe I don't relate, but I relate enough that I'm like, the emotions. Stay tuned. Next two weeks. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? The emotions that Shin is going through are the ones that he expects people to have. I just told you that I related more to the way he thinks. You know what I'm saying? Now, honestly, Shin's the type that if he got tired of me, he'd just fucking kill me. So, like, I'm well aware of that. Like, I don't know. Something about him, man. Something about him. I'm like, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm not touching that. But I will. Because let's talk about your characterization. So, which characters are we? I know who I am. I think we all know who you are. <laughs> who do you think you are? <laughs> I think that I wish I was Poe. <laughs> but I think I'm actually Shin in this movie. <laughs> You know what, Core? Do you, you feeling? Are you feeling attacked? Are you feeling attacked in this podcast? I buy you. Yeah, I am. You are interesting. Attacking. Interesting <laughs> to think that in the time span of this podcast, you are taken down by a warrior who is black and white. <laughs> How interesting! That is so good. 
beautiful. Oh, that is good. That was beyond good. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. So yes, wow. I'm Ho and you are Shin in this experience. We've set in stone now. You know how I told you a long time ago that like whenever things come full circle, it's like a blanket around mm-hmm. my head, like mm-hmm. a blanket for my brain. Yeah. That was a blanket for my brain, Drew. I'm glad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Am I missing <laughs> any categories? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think all in all, looking back at the podcast, it started a little dark, started a little grim. Um, but we wrote our own story core. We did. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't I don't know how to play off of that one. <laughs> that was a little out of left field there. Was it though? Was it? It did feel a little out of left field, my dude. <laughs> you had you started so strong, you got the blanket around my brain, and then you just took it away. <laughs> well, careful. Who knows what's gonna happen now that we're taking stuff away from you. <laughs> Stay tuned next week where I may be here and I may not. <laughs> Poe does defeat Shin, so it sounds like I'm the one who wouldn't be here. So will you see me on the next Friday Night Rewind? <laughs> Tune in next week, 8-7 Central. <laughs> and that's your Friday Night Rewind. <laughs> <laughs>